everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the 13th episode of Riverdale Season 5, Reservoir Dogs. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, who would be the first person I'd ask to dance on a table with me for a trucker heist, Kirsten McInnes. Kirsten, would you dance (laughs) on a table with me? If you asked me to dance on a table with you, I would do so, 100%. However, I don't think I'm the best person you know to ask to dance on a table with you is the problem. You know, like I would go and I would put on a leather outfit and dance on a table with you. But like different song, though, I think probably. Yeah. D- should I dance on a table? No, <laughs> absolutely not. OK, but, but if I it was would. like uh, if it was like a, a life or death situation, I mean, as Cheryl said, sometimes comforting others is how you comfort yourself. And the best way to comfort others is by dancing on a table, apparently. Listen, if you said, Kirsten, there are no stairs but we're at this bar and I want to dance on a table I would dance on the table with you like I like I'm not the kind of person who's gonna be like oh I don't know like oh yeah okay I'm game let's go I'm climbing up let's do this but like it wouldn't be pretty and it wouldn't be good you know I love that I'm climbing up let's go (laughs) I have to climb up how else do you get on the table I don't know get someone to like give you a boost I feel like that would be I would fall I would accidentally kick someone in the face if they gave me a boost I guess it really depends how tall the table is and when I'm but. saying climbing up, I mean basically like I would step on the chair and then the table, right. not like no, that's a climb. Lumbering onto it yeah, with like two my steps arms. Is a climb. I, I think I think it counts. Okay. Yeah, I think that counts. If you can't, if you can't just do one step up, it's definitely a climb. Well, it's not a table. I'm sorry. What we're dancing on a coffee table? Like no, that's this out is of like control. This is like a bar top or you know like a tall table probably. Okay. Well, we might have to each have our own table. Oh, okay. Because like the bar tops might be too small for two people to dance. True. This is going to be like little separate spotlighted tables yeah. as long as we have a coordinated dance because that's oh god the well yeah, as long as you're choreographing <laughs> okay so everyone welcome back to riverdale it's been another week and i gotta say i was pleasantly surprised to see some faces that were not just hiram three times over it's wild how when the last episode you saw was just hiram's backstory for no real reason uh how it can be pleasant to actually see people that m- I guess I didn't miss any of them, but like... It was nice to get back into the present day. Like, I feel like they've gone through time too many times. We, we've gone forward. We go back. We're back in the future. Like, it's too much. Okay? Yeah, and we even had some flashbacks this episode. So, you know. Oh, Lord. Uh, yeah, we did. And I, mm, we have to talk about them, don't we? Uh, but, like, <laughs> I, I still am just like, what is this show? Like, I recorded the um, Big Brother BMB with Mike Bloom and Leona Boris today. And Mike goes, oh, how is Riverdale? And I said, what if I told you? They turned Veronica's old speakeasy into a coyote ugly bar to catch a truck stop serial killer. And Kevin is the creative director for Cheryl's new cult. And he was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> and you summed up the episode so well. And you somehow even managed <laughs> to leave out the Archie bits. <laughs> well, that's because I am blocking those out for my own well-being. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll come back to those in a minute. But first, because it's the most relevant and related to the previous episode. Let's talk about the Veronica stuff. It's like the shortest little plot line bit here. Okay. And I think spoilers to the end of this plot. It's not really even the end. It's like the middle. There's no, this plot is three sentences. <laughs> Veronica. Listen, you have five bullets here. Some of them with like sub bullets. But it's still short. It's 
still short. Yeah, I know. It's really bad. Veronica has decided that in order to make more money, she needs to get back into the, like, the investment game. I thought that the Opal was supposed to like solve all of her financial difficulties, but I guess did she lose her buyer because it took her so long to get the Opal back? I think the Opal was just like a, a hefty dent, but she said, I, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe that like that money is going to Chad to like clean up his finances and some of this money is like what she's putting in the bank for herself for the future because she's going to need some real money at some point that's not just her debt solving money so I think that's what's happening here so Veronica is like doing this individualized investment I don't know Wall Street stuff she's doing some sort of investment banking Um, we don't know exactly what investment she is trying to sell Uh, maybe she's come up with some sort of portfolio maybe she knows one particular investment that she thinks is going to really pay off and be worth it. We don't know. We don't get that level of detail because why would we? It's Riverdale, right? Well, honestly, I don't know that much about like that kind of financial situation either. Um, I did clock that they said the term she-wolf of Wall Street twice at in this episode. twice, yes. Yeah, there might have been a third one that I missed, but it was at least twice. Uh, so she has started this work and she's frustrated and she's telling Reggie, who I guess works at the jeweler shop with her now. I didn't it really recall like that that happened. just hanging out with her. Like, yeah, we've not, really not sure. seen them to be colleagues since he worked at the Bon Nuit in high school. Also, I'm 90% sure that he said at the end of last episode that he was going to be partners with his father. So I believe he's still working with his father as well. I don't know. Maybe he has two jobs. He has a lot of free time. Yeah. So Reggie wants, wants in on this uh, investment game. And she's like, fine, I'll give you two hours to close the sale, which he does with a couple minutes well, to spare. Well, first she's like, mm, you don't know anything about investments or how the economy works. And he's like, it looks like I just need to be able to close a sale. So uh, I'm good at that. Yeah, and I guess he is. So they did that. Now, they have named their investment firm Pearls and Posh, which is horrible, but it's Veronica naming it. So, you know, this is par for the course. Is this a close but no cigar to something? I mean, I don't know anything about investment stuff, but if it is, please let me know, audience. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really glad that you didn't even ask if I knew because you knew that I wouldn't. (laughs) I mean, I figured maybe you would, but I certainly didn't. I mean, the thing is, is it could be to some sort of like American agency that I would have no idea about. Yeah. Like, unless it was off of Wells Fargo, I'm not going to know. And it's obviously not. It's obviously not Wells Fargo. So there's a montage of them working together. And I just want to clear up this fact that while Reggie now it appears to has two jobs, Veronica is once again back in her teenage days of having three jobs at this point because she's still a teacher, I believe. I don't know when she's doing that. Well, but the, school I think the school still closed. needs to yeah. get fixed, right? Yeah. Is that the Although, problem? I, I guess, but like Kevin was at the school a lot this He episode. got an award at the school. Yeah, so I don't really know, but we just saw Kevin and Cheryl there. We didn't see any students or anything, so maybe he's just like doing some work there for whatever reason. Anyway, so Veronica now has three jobs. They run out of Veronica's original leads, and so he's like, oh, perfect plan. 
let's just try to screw Hiram over some more because here's the deal. Sodale, you know, the the, si- the south the side with all the houses, yeah, the development, doesn't exist and it's never actually going to exist. It's a marshland that he has no intention of ever building on. He's just pretending he does to get investors and then the, that money is actually going to his palladium search situation. So they're like, why don't we just buy out these investors away from Hiram? And here's the problem. They, they get some of these investors to come over, but like, why are you trying to tempt Hiram? Hiram always destroys everything. Why are you expecting that this is not, like, that he's not going to somehow get the upper hand on this? This is a dumb plan. This comes up because Reggie is like, well, we've already exhausted, like, the leads that you have. Now, if I could get some new leads and we convert them to sales, can I have more money? Because Reggie really do be money hungry. Yeah, although, I mean, he was only at 5% before, so I feel like this is fair if it's, like, two people working relatively equally here, even if Veronica's maybe doing a little bit more of the, like, research and know-how. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not like Veronica gets, like, 95% because, like, the investors have to also get a return on their investment. Mm. This is you here knowing more, way more than I do about this whole situation, so, okay. Well, like, the thing, like, if you think about it, right, they're getting all this money from people telling them that they are gonna get, like, a big return on their investment, right? So, like, that means that they have to pay these people back what they've given them and then some, in theory, unless the investment goes bad, in which case none of them are going to get anything. I don't know anything about finances. <laughs> I don't know, like, what type of investment this is or, like, anything like that. So I really can't, you know, Yeah, make we, more we don't detail. know what they're actually investing in. They're just trying to p- convince people not to invest in Sodale. This all culminates in them stealing one of Hiram's investors and Veronica closes the deal by offering a Glamour J egg. This is so dumb. Like, stop As with the Glamour Jay egg. Bonus. Now, yeah. where did she get this Glamour J egg? I don't know. She just has a bunch. Like, I guess uh, Chad gave her some eventually. Like, it seemed like all of the stuff she was selling at her jewelry store back in New York was just, like, stuff that he had given her. So, it's unclear. Here is the real big test. They are messing with Hiram, and Hiram's clearly going to come back at them. But based on last episode and Hiram's whole backstory, and he's a changed man and all that, whatever, if he destroys Veronica's new business, even though I would say in this instance, he is totally has a right to because she's hurting his business. If he does that, then he's never going to get her back on his side. Like he needs to start actually showing that he's changed and that he's not just at a war with Veronica in order for this to eventually work out. But this is now impacting his ability to get the palladium and he isn't interested in getting his family back until he gets the palladium back. You're right. That's step two of the process. Yeah. So so, uh, he's going to have to destroy her first, obviously. Yeah. Now here's the real question. I have not been keeping up with 100% of the times, but I know that there was at least a period of time recently that it was speculated that Camilla Mendez and um, the Reggie guy, (laughs) Charles Melton, were like back together. Do we know if that's still true? I have absolutely no idea. I don't know why you would ask me that question. I, of course, do not know. (laughs) Okay. If that is true, then apparently they can only be in plot lines together when they're dating because that looks like there's no other reason for Reggie to be in this particular plot. He could have done the other plot. Well, they have such good chemistry, but I could also see where they like really fight when they're not together. And so they have to be together if they're going to be on the show together. Fair enough. Whereas Jughead has just pieced off of the entire show at this point. Well, yeah, uh, he's had some stuff to figure out in New York. And so he's going to be there uh, until he figures it out. Okay, sure. That's what's happening. Yeah, we have no clue what's going on with him. And um, honestly, kind of refreshing to not have to write that fifth plot line 
wind down in this episode. <laughs> kind of refreshing. Kind of refreshing. Okay, let's talk about the Archie stuff. I wrote a lot of notes, but it's really not that important. Basically, Archie has a dream about the war, and it's the time in which he saved Eric Jackson's life when his uh, leg was unfortunately separated from his body in war. He wakes up to Eric having some PTSD, and I think he's like shooting out the window, or at least he's got a gun, and I think the yeah. window might have been broken it, or it appears that um, he's having some sort of flashback and doesn't realize where he is, which so this whole plot line is very, very um, post-traumatic stress disorder uh, focused, which it does make sense that if Archie has been to war that he would have at least some level of that. Like that makes 100% total sense. What makes me uncomfortable is that this show uh, has absolutely no idea of how to handle something delicately like post-traumatic stress disorder. My dad uh, was in the military for 42 years and he definitely displays some symptoms that might be associated with PTSD such as like if you ever have to wake my dad up like he will jump and like it's like a very jarring experience. Thankfully he's never exhibited like the really serious stuff like it is totally possible where someone could get you know mentally put back into the atmosphere of whatever caused the post-traumatic stress for them but the show just does it like I just don't trust them to have this and I still really don't understand why Archie was basically in like the battle setup of World War One. Why are they in a trench? Yeah, the actual like fighting part doesn't really make any sense given the timeline. I think that they're sort of doing two things because they're doing the the post-traumatic stress angle and they're coupling that with the veterans don't have great care after the war. Like they're they're really a lot of like heavy commentary on that, which I'm trying to figure out is like if that's a writer's commentary on real world situations or if that's a like oh in Riverdale in this area it's really really hard and this is just another reason why Riverdale is corrupt because they're not getting the correct access and that's something that it's I'm not 100% sure on yet it seems like by the end of the episode somebody finally does call Archie back presumably from the VA or something Mm -hmm. and Archie I think admits to himself that he is also having some post-traumatic stress and heavily coupled by his guilt at not being able to save everyone so he's got sort of a survivor's guilt situation survivor's guilt heroes complex kind of thing as well mm-hmm. although frank tries to make it pretty clear to him that he saved both himself and eric's life here even if uh he did have to sacrifice someone else in the process or i should say sacrifice being able to save someone else yeah it was a situation that we get to see over this episode where we get it in bits and pieces and a lot of it we get actually from Archie's perspective. And so the big reveal, of course, is that Bingo is not a dog, but a person that Archie cannot save. And so we get clips that make it seem like, oh, this is a dog and we hear the dog crying. But then the next time we see the scene, once it's over, it's very obvious that, oh, actually, they just didn't want to show like the sounds of like a human man screaming 
screaming um, that he's dying. And like, that's a very traumatic thing for Archie and Eric to have been so close to. Yeah. And I think that Archie also as either a coping mechanism or as a reason to not have Frank be worried about him as much has decided to go with this story that Bingo is a a dog that they were fond of on the platoon and not another member of the platoon, Mm -hmm. which at the end of the episode, Eric clears up that whole situation. I do feel like they could have come up with a slightly different name instead of Bingo that would have also worked for a dog or human, but... Well, because Bingo doesn't really work for a human. It's weird. It's a weird choice that the person will be named Bingo. Like, you wouldn't expect that. Yeah, I I think it... Yeah, I'm not really sure what else they could have gone with, but at the end of the episode, they named their new adoptive dog uh, Bingo, so... Yeah, it could have been Max. Yeah, it could have been Max. There are lots of names that, like, could work. It's strange to me that they they made this choice, which, like, if that's what they got to do, that's what they got to do. Like, I can't quibble, I guess, but I don't know. This this whole plot line just seemed so strange uh, because they have not really shown Archie dealing with what he's been through that much up to this point. So it just feels very weird. Yeah, they've mostly shown it in the uh, him talking about how he wasn't able to save everyone. Um, they've mentioned that a couple times. And we've more so seen it from Eric. The other thing about this plot line is the concept that Archie is frustrated with the fact that this feels like he's fighting a losing battle trying to save Riverdale because he feels like Riverdale is just so corrupt at this point and there's no point because he finds out that there is also a illegal dog fighting ring that's happening. But like not even in Riverdale. It's It seems like it's a little bit out of town. Yeah, it might be. It was kind of unclear and Archie goes and really, really beats someone up. I'm not really sure why he he says that he needs to go hurt this person as opposed to just turning them over to Sheriff Keller or something. Um, I'm not really sure how that like solves this problem anymore other than it's just once again Archie being a bit of a punchaholic like we've discussed in the past. Well, to be honest, this is like the one time when I'm really with Archie because like if I find out someone's doing animal abuse, like I'm like, okay, well, whatever you did to that animal should happen to you, obviously. So I'm glad that he got beat up. I think the sentiment is understandable. I think it's more so the, like, I think this was put in here for us to to see that, like, Archie is dealing with things on his own as well that's making him channel his frustration at Bingo, the person dying, into all other forms of cruelty towards other beings as well. Yeah. But again, we're used to Archie solving his problems with his fists. Exactly. So the end of this plotline is that Frank is going to set up a dog sort of shelter and rehabilitation area for dogs that might have been abused and need a little bit of care and time before they go off to other families. Um, And he sets this up in the old boxing gym because, you know, we got that set, so we need it. And I think that the message here for Archie is like, look, we're doing something good. Riverdale's not all a waste, etc. So Mm -hmm. there's that. For the most part, stay out of kind of everyone else's way. Like Fangs pops up briefly in this plot line. I'm not really sure why Fangs needed to be in this plot, except to just have another person there. He could have been in the other room. was helping, and that's why he was unavailable at the bar. They needed Alice to be there for like two seconds, I think. 
Yeah, I think there was that, although Alice could have been there with him. I think it was also because they were like, well, we need Kevin to like be here doing this thing, and we don't want to have to come up with a reason for why he doesn't talk to Fangs in this moment. We'll have them have a conversation somewhere else. So Yeah, fair enough. Speaking of Kevin, let's get to the, I don't know, C plot line of this episode, which is the Cheryl and Kevin. Do we have to? Do we? Do we have to? It's short. Cheryl is walking in the woods, quote unquote, seeking inspiration for her next sermon, and she sees Kevin cruising, presumably. And yeah, but like, since when is he cruising in like the Maple Grove? That's new. I don't. Is is this the Maple Grove? Like, I don't know where we are. I don't know what's happening. I just assumed that it was the Maple Grove. Can I just say, I could not get away from the fact that Casey Cott just like looked really attractive this whole episode. <laughs> I just um, had a problem with, uh, he's, I guess, like, cruising means you just stand against a tree and wait for someone to come hook up with you. Like, I don't. Does he have a car? Like, I don't like, really know. Like, he's cute. Like, I, I'm with you on that. He's cute. But, like, enough is enough. This plot line sure. was bad in season one when they came up with it. Why do they keep coming back to it? Okay, here's my issue with the plot line. Because I'm sorry, listeners, and anyone who's ever said, why are we so critical about Riverdale? We have so many reasons to be critical about Riverdale. We're still watching it, you know, reluctantly, but it's happening. But I think my my issue with this is Fangs and Kevin pretty much out of nowhere broke up. We still don't know why. When we met them at the beginning of this time jump, they had been together for like seven years and made it work and had made plans to have a child with Tony, etc., etc. We're living together, seemed happy. Out of nowhere, Kevin is like, nope, actually not happy happy. He really hasn't like discussed that deeply with anyone. He talked to his dad basically and said like, I think I'm messed up, I think is what he said. That was about it. He seems to be showing like a little bit of regret in in this episode and kind of talking to Cheryl about how maybe he feels like he made a mistake and needs to get back with Fangs. But we still don't really know like what he was thinking. Was it just like cold feet? Was it that he, you know, I mean, like we had the whole story with like he was overweight as a child or something right? Wasn't I, that like a thing? Uh, and, but it's like none of this really answered the here and now of what's going on. None of it makes any sense. And I just like, it, they had like a brief discussion about like, oh, like opening, having their relationship not be open anymore. Yeah. And it, it just seems like Fangs was all in. And I'm not saying that like, oh, Kevin needs to just, you know, be with Fangs. But if he has a reason to not be with Fangs, even if the, that reason is just he's not interested in him anymore or whatever, tell us that. Don't just have Kevin be like, oh, I don't know what's happening with me dot 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 because that's really it's just lazy for the show of like i'm gonna need at least a tiny bit of a reason why please <laughs> our happy people are no longer together i would just like a little bit of a reason it's a show I, I would like that please just one little reason it doesn't even have to be a good reason yeah and so what we're kind of getting through this episode is that kevin feels like and, and he gets a um he gets what best teacher of the year or something like that yeah, which, like, I don't understand what time of the year it is that they're giving out, like, Teacher of the Year plaques. Like, that also doesn't make a ton Maybe of sense Maybe this me. was the best Teacher of the Year from last year, because I think that the show usually roughly follows the time of year it is when it's airing. So I think it's supposed to be, like, the very beginning of the school year-ish. But I don't know, because it was, like, parent-teacher night when the, like, school I, got all destroyed. This doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I, I just, it doesn't feel like a good time for them to be giving out an award. But I, I guess it's what we're doing. 
going. But so he gets this award and even though it's like on the surface a good thing, he said it's just a painful reminder of everything he hasn't accomplished. He wants to be acting and directing and writing. He wants to be in New York. He thought he just had a different life than being here. And I don't know if he's trying to like put some of that on Fangs, but I kind of believe that if after college, if Kevin was like, hey, Fangs, you and me, let's make this work, but like, let's go to New York. I feel like maybe it would have been a discussion. Maybe that would have been a good reason for them to break up. You know, it would have at least yeah. been a reason. But I also feel like maybe if Fangs liked him enough, he would have gone with him. Maybe after college or maybe several years down the line. It's been a while. We don't know. Yeah. So Cheryl does convince Kevin to like go talk to Fangs. So he goes and we see Moose, who for whatever reason has super long hair now. I just can't believe Moose is on this show again. Neither can I. Moose is the character that I keep thinking is dead that just pops back up. Is is he, uh, does this mean we're ever going to have any potential for some some coos or some moving at any point? No, I think he's, we've got Mangs or Foos, actually. Mangs? I don't like that. Well. Although it's better than Foos, I guess. Listen, these are their names. This is what we've got. What else would you call it? I don't know. I I think that if this is what we've got, then that's a sign that they're not destined to be together. Although they were dressing exactly alike. They had like the same exact shirt on in the scene we see him. That's love, baby. Yeah, apparently he's back in town for some reason. Would love to know what is going on in Moose's life that he feels they need to come back to Riverdale, but he's here. And he's uh, hooking up with Fangs or something. We're not really sure what's going on with them. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Them. It seems like small town, so we've only got so many people. Yeah, in a, in a small town situation, you only have limited options, so. Why is Moose back in this town? That's what I don't get. Like, well, maybe we'll find out next week when we get an episode all about Moose's backstory. I don't know. This just feels so much like when, shoot, what's his name? Hold on. What's the guy? Uh, the guy on Glee. Which guy on Glee? The guy who's dating Blaine. Why can I not remember? Oh, the He's bully. Like, what was no, his name? We got the bully, but also the other, the main guy. Why can I not think of his Kurt? name? Kurt? Yeah, Kurt. Okay, so this reminds me of like when Kurt and Blaine broke up and then Blaine was like briefly, I don't know if they were dating or if he was just hanging out with, what's his name? The Karofsky. bully guy. Yeah, Karofsky. Dave Karofsky. That's right. He was hanging out with him and then like, I almost said Coos. What's his name? Kurt. <laughs> Kurt finds out about it. Anyway, it's a similar thing. Look, uh, we know. Glee and Riverdale, just like the same show. The cr- they've got like, the creator of Riverdale worked on Glee for a long time. I know, I know. I was not being sarcastic. It really is. I was talking to some friends because I watched this episode yesterday and I was like, yeah, I've got to watch Riverdale. And my friend uh, Matt, Matt Gagan goes, my mom says Riverdale is a show that she watches that she wishes would get canceled. <laughs> and I said, same. And then Matt Ligori piped up and said, same. Even though he just started watching this show. Yeah, it's, it's kind of sad. It's really sad. Don't worry, it'll never get canceled as long as I'm on a podcast about it because apparently nothing I cover ever gets canceled. So you're like the reverse Kurt Clark. I know it's a blessing from me, the Kirsten blessing. Yeah, I should have got you on Manifest, but I guess it got uncanceled without you, so that's um, fun. I have only heard that Manifest is bad. So. Manifest is great. I am a big yeah, big you manifester. You like Riverdale, so I don't know if I trust your opinion. No, no Manifest is good. Mm. But Manifest is is more Manifest is more similar to like Revenge. It's that vibe. Mm, but I like revenge. Yeah, so if you liked revenge, you'd like Manifest. Texted a friend, and I said, I saw a tweet that Netflix is giving Manifest one more season. That's great news for you. And he said, that's probably the wrong call, but I'll watch it. <laughs> no, I think it's 
a show that like very much had a, a point and they needed another season to wrap it up. And so, I mean, they probably technically needed two more seasons with their original plan, but it's fine. I'm just happy that I hate it when shows get canceled when they didn't have a conclusion. You know, if you I cancel, know. if you cancel just something that's kind of episodic, it's like, well, okay, but you know, I would like a conclusion. Thank you. Okay, uh, back to this Cheryl situation. So Kevin is like, like we're almost done. We're almost done. Kevin is like, okay, I, uh, I just wish I had some more creative outlets or whatever. And she's like, perfect. Got it. Perfect spot. Right for you. You're going to be the, our, my ministry's new artistic director. Still don't know who these people are who are coming to the Blossom Church. Well, like, it does seem like the Blossom Church uses a lot of, um, like, they have shown a lot of elements that seem very cult-like and weird, but they have also shown a lot of elements that just seem like regular old Christianity. So, like, maybe there's just not a church in Riverdale anymore since it's not a town. And so they're like, we started the church back again. You know, and then, now, like, I anyone... didn't think about that angle, but that is possible that there just isn't another church. Yeah, so that's my theory, that it's just like any, like, garden variety Christian is just going to this because they're like, well, we don't have a church and this is a church. That's possible. Now, I have never personally seen Jesus Christ Superstar. Neither have I. But I I thought I was kind of under the impression that this is, like, not something that, like, 100% vibes with the, the Christian church. Am I incorrect in that? I mean, I've never seen it, but I thought it was, like, a little bit, like, parody-ish. Am I wrong? I See, here's the thing, is I, I don't know. So I'm looking up Jesus Christ Superstar Reception, and the message is, I guess the greater meaning is that it allows people to see Jesus as a human being like themselves, who has to go through the trials of humanity. The audience sees Jesus as perfect, but able to feel the hurt of every event leading to his betrayal and death. Okay, I looked up how do Christians feel about Jesus Christ Superstar. It says most Apparently conservative it did Christians offend, yeah. reject the notion that Jesus was anything other than a single celibate man. Oh, so that must not be the case in the play. Okay, yeah, so look, this is this is what happened. Um, Fangs and Kevin finally talk and Kevin's just like, nope, it's cool. I've moved on and I, he hasn't moved on, but whatever. I, I guess we're just Yeah, he's that. like, I'm fine. Like Ross and friends. And it's like, we know you're not fine. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll just pick up with them in like 10 more episodes when they come back to them next because, you or know, that's never. about how long it's been. <laughs> I I don't need to see any more about this. I would this. like them. I would like them to tell us more about this plot. I wish. I wish we could just have one episode that's like the Kevin Fangs episode, and not like I guess the key party episode was the closest we got with that. I would love to see a Kevin and Fangs episode, but I just don't think they're ever gonna do it. They haven't done it yet. Well, I guess the closest we got uh, was the tickle porn thing. Oh, I forgot about that. You're right. And that I don't was want Kevin that Fangsy. again. I no, don't want that. So I don't. Do you think Moose is gonna stick around? Are we gonna see him? And here, what's the over-under for how many more episodes we're going to see? Moose is going to be in max three episodes. Okay. What I do think you it's think? Le- I think it's less than that. I think we maybe see him once or twice more. Well, that would make it three episodes if we see him twice more. Oh, you three total. Yeah. 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 So we're on the same page. Okay. <laughs> I thought you meant three more. I'm like, I oh, doubt no. it. Oh, <laughs> no. That's, that's out of control. How many more episodes do you think we're going to get Jughead in? <laughs> uh, Well, he'll come back. Uh, we'll Wh- see. Was he away filming something and they needed to I write him know. out? Like, I don't Probably. know. Probably. Who? Did I t- wait, did I tell you about the Criminal Minds thing with Matthew Gray Goobler not being on the show? No. What is so, this? Okay. So one of the main characters on Criminal Minds is Dr. Spencer Reed. He's Matthew Gray Goobler. He's one of the few who sticks through like the whole series. 
And starting in season 11, he's just like missing for a couple of episodes each season. And it's because he negotiated into his contract that he would never have to work in October because he loves Halloween so much. I wish I could have that type of contract. All right, here's the thing. If there's episodes of Riverdale in October, I'm sorry, we're just not going to cover them. Oh, we're taking perfect. October we off. We get a break? Yes, <laughs> I'm down. Spooky season. Hell yeah. Spooky season. We're taking October off. You heard it here first. I love that. I love it for us. <laughs> we'll skip. We'll skip like three or four episodes and then we'll come back. And we'll come back without even watching those episodes. Oh, yeah. It'll be like spoiler Dale for ourselves. <laughs> oh, wait. No, here. We'll do we'll do the Robin Akiva. You will watch the even episodes. I will watch the odd episodes and we will have to fill each other in on what yeah, happens. Yeah, at three times speed. Perfect. I don't Let's think do I could watch anything on 3X, but I could watch on 2X. <laughs> okay. This is great. Now we Perfect. have a plan. Everybody a plan. get ready for October. Octo- well, don't get ready for October. Get ready for November when you're, we'll be you're back. Right. Take a break. <laughs> get, get ready to schedule your Halloween shenanigans and other fall activities. And uh, we'll just see you at the end of spooky season. I love it. I, I, I'm already ready for spooky season. It is August 29th today. And I did watch Beetlejuice last night. So. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. Good stuff. So also something else that's spooky. Truck stop serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> serial killer. So I am amazed that for an episode that Jughead wasn't in and that Cheryl was barely in and that Veronica was barely in. We had so many references to pop culture things. So let's get to it. So Betty is back on the road hunting a killer, okay? But now she has backup because Tabitha is on the other side of the radio. <laughs> I don't know what Tabitha's doing. <laughs> I love the idea the where she's like, Betty, you're gonna go out of range soon. And it's like, I'm pretty sure that like the radio that they use in semi-trucks is like connected to like radio frequencies so you could talk over longer distances is that not true wait or why not use i don't know your, your cell, cell phone, phone? <laughs> like why are we not doing that because they want to be like over over <laughs> they do it at the end of the episode though she tracks her using her cell phone i don't know okay whatever so maybe it's the range that the cell phone can be tracked and they just like did not make it clear i don't know it's stupid but it's regardless so stupid and but the, this is the best part of the whole episode so i really want to make a meal of this so betty has been tailing very obviously following a truck she gets out of her semi-truck to interact with the man driving the semi-truck and they like are kind of being coy but ultimately decide they're gonna have some fun and he's gonna pay her for it and then it's like it's like in that bo burnham thing where it's like if you like smoking weed let me hear you say hell yeah and they go hell yeah and he goes gotcha get these mangs because ooh, the other truck driver is an fbi agent and they're gonna clean up crime on the highway because they want to get rid of sex workers but betty's like no spider-man pointing meme i'm with the fbi and glenn pops up and is like no you're not what are you doing uh someone remind me to get rachel stukenborg to do the spider-man pointing meme but with these faces cropped on them (laughs) I'm going to need to do that. And this is me right now reminding myself to remind Rachel to put that on the Instagram. I I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard at when Glenn popped up and was like, you're not in the FBI. He's like, why do you have your badge? Why do you have a gun? And now she had a shotgun. Was that an FBI issued shotgun? Is that what the F... Like, what? Are they allowed to take that? Or is she like no longer allowed to own any gun because she quit the FBI? Because I don't think that's constitutional. This is like Betty hands over her FBI 
FBI badge. And literally later in the episode, her and Kevin and Reggie are all wearing FBI shirts again. Like she's just kind of, she's like, okay, take this one. I've got 10 more at home. She's got the merchandise, okay? She's like, oh, I'm just glad I wasn't wearing my FBI crew neck so that they could steal it. <laughs> I went, yeah. does the Riverdale, does Riverdale have a merch store? Do they sell? I don't know. Does the CW Riverdale have like a store? merch. Because what if they sell the little FBI, ooh, Hot Topic has official Riverdale shirts and merchandise. Okay, let me look. Hold on, I'm on the WB shop. Is the WB the same as the CW? Yes. Okay, great. Let's see. Well, Stop I don't. Shop I show. Okay, wait, they have these really cute Pops Chocolate Shop crewnecks, and I think we should get matching ones. I'm going to put the link in our chat so you can see how cute it is, because okay. I think it'd be really cute if we both... Now, mine will be like a men's extra large. Like, I want it to be really big, but it's so cute. Oh, these are cute. Yeah, we can just get two and then wear them the next time we see each other. Well, will we ever see each other again? They also have Southside Serpents t-shirts. Oh, and they have the Pops logo on a t-shirt, but like with pink and teal. It's really cute. Oh, that one's really cute too. I like Oh, that this one is horrible. This is the worst thing I've what ever seen. What about we get the Archie one? <laughs> the Absolute. one that says Archie Andrews with a bunch of hearts around his head. Absolutely not. Under no circumstances will will I be doing that. Let's see. We could get the one Do you want the Jughead, Jughead was here? here? Yeah, I just <laughs> sent that to you. Here. I just sent that to you in the chat. Well, these are great. I'm really sad that they don't have one that says, I'm weird, I'm a weirdo. Because if they did, we would get that shirt in a heartbeat. Well, we or at would least just, would. we're simply going to have to make our own. Okay, I'm really now, excited Now, do we want these. the Pops chocolate shot on a t-shirt, on a hoodie, or on a crew neck? I think I'd wear it more on a crew neck. I think I would also wear more on a crew neck. Ooh, but they have it with the neon logo. And so it's like a gray sweatshirt with like teal and pink. This is what I want. It's 20% like off right now. Do they have it in a crew neck? Yes. Okay, let's I'm get I'm looking those. at it right now. Okay, I'm sending, you, I'm sending you the link on Facebook so that we remember to buy these later. Okay, great. We will do that. And then we'll post a picture on the Instagram with yeah, us once we, crew neck shirts. Once we both get them, I'll put on my Betty ponytail. It's fine. It's going to be great. Look, look right, how perfect. cute it is. This is great. This I mean, is this so might great. be a... Wait, 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 wait. Maybe I don't want to own this. <laughs> Come on. We just talked about it. Yeah, but then it says Riverdale on it, and then people are going to be like, oh, <laughs> you like it enough to buy merch? When and are you going to wear this? Just wear it around the house. Wear it to sleep. I, I can't wear a sweater to sleep. Are you trying to waterboard it? me? Like, what the... <laughs> what, what, those are unrelated. Those are completely unrelated. You've never slept in, like, a sweater. Like, if you're, like, napping on the couch or if you're like watching i don't have a couch i live in this is my whole apartment mary you live in canada i'm sure you can find a time to wear a sweatshirt oh my god but like i already have sweatshirts gosh okay what if i buy it for you is that gonna help Uh, i don't know because i still own it i don't know man Uh, i don't know we'll see all right we'll come back to that we will circle back when it's spooky season you're right we'll circle back in our in our month away our october break i can't wait for our october break (laughs) so okay here's the thing guess what tailing the trucks not working betty you need to turn in your keys and your where did she get the truck anyway first of all yeah where did she get a a semi truck i guess because the serpents have started being truck drivers you probably had access to like fangs truck or something right but like it's wild how following a semi truck in another semi truck uh doesn't work the best also why would anyone think she's a sex worker what sex worker is driving on the lonely highway in a semi 
semi-truck. It also makes no sense. I think that, that they think... I, well, okay, this is kind of a moot point because, like, it turns out this trucker was not a real trucker anyway, either. So I think the situation here was more just like she was assuming... I feel like she shouldn't have offered to pay. I feel like that would have helped if she was just like, hey, I'm just another trucker. If she's like, let's hook up, then, yeah. they, then she didn't commit a crime. But then she would have pulled out her badge and been like, FBI, what, what's with the blood? And then he will be like, FBI, what are you doing? <laughs> True. They're, they've decided that this method has not been working. So instead, they're going to uh, coyote yeah. ugly up the, uh, the white worm. Yeah, because they have rightfully determined that the whoever this murderer is is a total creepo perv, just the worst. And so they're like, okay, well, we're going to create an attraction that will draw in the creepo pervs. We're going to make the white worm into Coyote Ugly. Yeah. So have you seen Coyote Ugly? I've actually not seen Coyote Ugly. Yeah, neither have I. <laughs> because I haven't seen anything, but I'm sure a, they did a, a good job with it. Tyra Banks movie, August 2000. I know they, that she get like the, the main character gets hired to work at the bar and then it's, it's not the bar she thinks she's going to be working at and they're like stripping on the bar and it's like very sexy. Okay. Maybe I should watch Coyote Ugly tonight. Yeah, maybe. I don't Tyra know. Banks movies. Was Tyra Banks in Hannah Montana movie? What? Maybe. Do you think that there was like an interview of like Hannah Montana on the Tyra Banks show maybe? Maybe. I'm trying to figure that that's listed under her movies. Okay, interesting. I saw that movie in theaters, but I don't remember Tyra Banks being there. Yeah, I don't recall that either. Oh, well. So they decide to do this, uh, the Wild Foxes. So the night of the Wild Foxes situation, Alice, like we mentioned, she's working in the bar. The girls are going to perform. They're going to sing Nothing But A Good Time by poison. Hey, it's what you gotta do. And so the plan here is a little bit complicated. Basically, when they come in, all the truckers come in, Alice There's is There's a camera. To, yes, and Alice is gonna write down their name and their license number. Yeah, their driver's license number. Their driver's number. license number. Because then if there's, like, anyone they're suspicious of, they can, like, run their driver's license in some sort of law enforcement system. I don't know which law enforcement system because Betty's not in the FBI, but I guess maybe Sheriff Keller will help. Yeah, maybe she still has access somehow. We're not really sure. Meanwhile, Kevin and Reggie have, I, I would say, the real spooky job here, although nothing really happens, where they have to break open trucks and find, I don't know, suspicious cargo, I guess. I, like, really sure I don't what know they're what looking they're looking to find. Like, do they think they're going to find a woman in the back of a truck? Maybe. I, I highly doubt that the serial killer who is sophisticated enough to have not been suspected at all is going to come to this bar with a like dead body or girl in the back. He's going to ditch that before he shows okay. up. You say that, except when the serial killer does show up, he does have blood on the outside of his car, so. Yeah, well, there it turns that. out that they have been selling us a fake narrative about this unsub, okay? Sorry, yeah. we're watching Criminal Minds. Okay, thanks. I do want to call out something real quick during this musical performance. Yes, I'm sorry, we have to talk about it for a second. In general, the song was fine. They did a good job. I'm okay with it. Like, I didn't notice anything horrible. But I was watching this... <laughs> They, I, I didn't even used to notice, but I've started watching YouTube videos where it's like vocal coaches react oh to like gosh, TV shows. Oh my gosh, are you shows? watching Hannah Biles too? Probably, I don't know. But okay. she's always talking about how much auto-tune they use on Riverdale, and now it's all I can hear. Okay, so the person who I watch, I also put a note on this because I had never noticed this before, and now I can't not notice it, which is when they do their musical numbers, they add in like swoosh noises, basically. I don't know, I don't know what that means. 
So, like, if they whip their hair around, it literally goes, or, like, if they squat down, it goes, (laughs) like, they've added these noises anytime they, like, do a dance move where they move it all, and it's very apparent. Like, the fake punching noises that Archie has are pretty bad, but this is way worse because it's, like, any noise, I mean, go back and watch, I mean, don't, I know that that would break your heart, Kirsten, but if anyone else is interested, go back and watch, like, the candy store, and anytime they, like, clap or move, or squat it's like way louder than it should be which is funny because normally in a music video or like a dance those sounds are drowned out and you have less of that because you don't want to hear like heels clicking around while you're trying to listen to the music so i thought it was an interesting choice i don't know whose choice this is but they're doing it okay i don't know man i they're bad stop doing this no they can't the musical numbers are here to stay and i will always prefer a random musical number to like a whole no i mean i'm lying i love the musical episodes. I know you don't. I think it's hilarious. Take it back. Take it back. I just don't understand why you're standing here because I think it's silly and I like it. Speaking into a microphone saying, I have bad taste. That's what you're doing right now. This is not like a Riverdale exclusive thing. I think we're not. What am I saying? Like, I I think it's funny when they break the system and do that. I I come from someone who used to love when they would do this on Disney Channel. Okay. The only good musical musical episode is Buffy. That's it. Okay. Period. I just watched that one recently. It was just okay. A lot of the songs were really boring and the like devil dancing scene was really weird. Anyways, you don't understand any bad tastes. I don't know how to get through to you. <laughs> okay, you're the one saying you like the Buffy musical episode. So. It's, uh, that's a very uh, actually popular take that that's the only good musical Probably episode. Probably because it's funny and it's interesting and it like it breaks the mold. Anyways. So Betty is going to be leaving for the night and a yeah. really obviously sketchy dude shows up in a truck and she notices Oh, did I miss it? Did I miss the performance? Yeah. So she gets in the truck with him and she's like, I got him. Tabitha, track me. And yellow truck. So Tabitha just like got in another car and followed after them. So I don't know if she was, I guess maybe she was tracking her phone. I'm not really sure. I mean, I think that she she was at more than a few minutes behind, though, because a lot happens before she actually fully catches up that shouldn't have had time to happen if she was, like, just following in a car, right? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Anyways, this guy's creepy as hell. He goes from zero to serial killer really fast. Well, I should say he started at, like, 50. He went from, like, 50 yeah. to serial killer. He's like, yeah, I'm actually from here. I'm visiting my grandma. She's dying. And Betty's like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And he's like, oh, it's okay. It's kind of beautiful, isn't it? Watching someone die, seeing the light fade from their eyes as they pass. No, sir. What's weird is that he somehow, like, I assumed that he would say this and then, like, immediately, like, reach over with a knife or something. But instead, he's like, hey, can you give me a sec just to, like, pull over and, like, go I gotta to the take a leap. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, no problem. I mean, like, any person would be like, no, that was weird. I'm also gonna get out and, like, call for help. But she doesn't. So, no, staying in the car was the right choice for her in this situation. Oh, yeah. So she stays there. I mean, I know that she wants to, like, catch the guy. Maybe he had his keys, although I kind of assumed that he was, like, leaving the truck running. I'm not sure why she didn't just, like, pop over into the driver's seat and, like, drive off if she, like, really feared for her safety. She was ready to fight. He pulls out a big freaking hunting knife and he goes to open the door to, like, get at her. And she flings the door at him and hits him and kicks him in the balls and gets back in the truck. (laughs) Well, so first, she turns her back to him for no 
reason. And she calls Tabitha and she's like, I've got the guy. And then she turns around and he's gone because he ran around and got a chainsaw from somewhere. All she did was kick him in the balls. She didn't like knock him unconscious. Yeah, I don't know why she thought he was going to still be there. It was a horrible rookie well, move. Well, he goes into the back of his semi truck where he, I'm assuming, keeps all his murder weapons. He has a chainsaw and he's coming at her with the chainsaw and he's cutting through the roof of the truck with the chainsaw. And it is very scary. It turns very, very obviously Texas Chainsaw Massacre because if you haven't seen this, spoilers for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This movie was made in like, I don't know what, the 80s? Nope, 1974. I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I famously hate I know, we talked about this last week. We literally talked about this last week. Okay. Why were we talking about this last week? I don't know, but we (laughs) talked about Texas Chainsaw Massacre last... Oh, it's... Somehow Haunting of Hill House came up. Okay. I feel sorry if I talked about it last week, but the part I'm going to mention is that in the in the very end of the movie, the final girl, so she like falls out of the truck or she's like trying to get out of the truck and she trips and so and she's holding a like a wrench, I think, something heavy, and she's like limping away from him while he's coming at her with the chainsaw, which is like exactly a scene from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's even like a semi truck involved, but not at this point. Anyway, so she like throws the wrench and hits him in the head, finally does actually knock him out, and that's when Tabitha shows up and she's like, We're not gonna turn this guy in. We gotta question him to find Polly. To which I would say, what the heck happened with Polly? Because she's gone. Like, but I, okay, Polly might be dead. That's fine. But she was clearly alive for a little while after she, like, was lost. And so why did this guy not kill her in the same way? bag killer got Polly. Isn't that your theory? Is I thought that was your theory. I think Polly is probably, was, like, either there's multiple guys and this is just one of them. Um, I don't think this guy's the trash bag killer. So I think that, like, the Polly situation is slightly different. I don't know if Polly's dead or alive. I probably think she's closer to alive uh, on the scale of dead to alive. But I don't know. I just find it weird that like this guy was literally getting out of his car to immediately get a hunting knife to hurt Betty. I don't know how Polly made it even like a day. So guess we'll find out. And that's the episode. And that's the episode. Now they're gonna lock him in the um the bunker 100%, right? I hope not. Dude, they, they like that bunker needs to be the place where they like hang out and have fun times and not, although they don't really need that since they're not children anymore, but I guess Jughead does because, you know, where else is he going to trip on some Get high. burgers? Yeah. yeah. So Reservoir Dogs, no, re- Reservoir? Res- reservoir? How do you reservoir? pronounce Reservoir Dogs. I always movie. feel like I'm pronouncing it too too many letters. 1992 movie. Have you seen this movie? Mm, no. I would like to know why they did not name this episode Coyote Ugly. Uh, because they have bad taste. Okay. I also kind of thought we already had um, an episode called Reservoir Dogs, but I guess we didn't. I don't know. In this movie, six criminals with pseudonyms and each strangers to one another are hired to carry out a robbery. The heist is ambushed by police and the gang are forced to shoot their way out at the warehouse rendezvous. The survivors, realizing they were set up, try to find the traitor in their midst. Has nothing to do with this episode. I have no clue, except for the fact that there's dogs in the title. Like, what are we doing? Who, now who is the traitor on this show? I don't know, Betty? She keeps trying to set people up and then go, FBI, Betty is a Betty is a traitor to the FBI. Yeah. And to all the innocent truckers she's tried to sleep with. Yeah. I don't like it. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's talk about some thoughts and questions from our listeners, shall we? I We shall. Let's see what the listeners thought. Uh, I have to scroll way back to when I made this post on like Wednesday or something. 
Okay. I don't know when this was. It's a long time ago, you know? It was a different world. It definitely was. Okay, great. Here we go. Here we go. So, Miles, oh my gosh, guess Miles' handle on Twitter. Um, I don't know. It's SurfsUp21. Oh, hey, SurfsUp21? Yeah. SurfsUp21 says, we're now five seasons into Riverdale. Who is still signing off on giving Cheryl musical numbers and can we get them fired? Yes, Miles. I just want to know why she feels the need to have the church. I mean, I guess she had that like vision of the red bird and that somehow meant something. I don't stop trying to make sense of this. It doesn't exist. Oh, well, Cheryl is just doing her own thing. Gregory McBean mentioned this last week, but it was after we had already recorded. And he said, am I wrong to really like this episode? We got character building backstory, answers to previous Hiram questions, and a clear direction that Hiram's story is going. To which I would say, actually, I did respond. I said, I would agree with you, except I've lost all faith in Hiram. I feel like Hiram's just going to continue to be his typical bad self, ruin Riverdale, and mess with Veronica. That's right. So that's why. But, you know, I'm glad that you liked it. Now we have a question from Zev who says, River or Riverdale comments and questions from Zev. Part one, I feel that Betty is only leading Tabitha further from the path of the most normal person. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Soon, Betty, Tabitha, Archie, Eric, and Bingo the dog will form the Riverdale vigilantes. Normally, they'd be funded by none other than the she-wolf of Wall Street herself. And their she's stories- broke right now, <laughs> so. Their stories will be told... <laughs> And their stories will be told by best-selling author Forsyth Pendleton Jones III. I'm glad that you've predicted the rest of season five for us and into season six. I'm glad to see that Eric is sticking around. I can't help but notice that you didn't mention Cheryl or Kevin or Fangs in this plot or Tony, who is also absent. I think she must still be on maternity leave at this point. Yeah. I'm assuming that what you left out was that Cheryl will be doing some musical numbers at the meantime. Because we have to have someone singing while we have these like vigilante fights because, you know, mashups. Of course, yeah. There has to be a mashup. Yeah. Part two, how do we feel about Bingo the dog's name? We've mentioned it. It's not not great. It's not right. It ain't right. Yeah. They say, normally I'd be down for it, but doing so after what Archie did with the retelling of Bingo's death didn't sit right with me. Yeah, I'm not really sure how I feel about the fact that they've now named their dog Bingo after a person named Bingo who Archie already pretended was a dog. It's like getting a little bit weird. It's, yeah, the, the I can't exactly put my finger on on why it's so horrible, but it just feels very wrong. I I think it's a little bit weird, but maybe there was some way he could have like named it after Bingo without just being the name. I don't know. Anyway. Well, any other thoughts on this episode? Please God, no. Is this, okay, I know you hated last episode. Was this better or worse than last episode? This was better exclusively because of the interaction Betty had at the start of the episode. That whole situation made me laugh so hard. Like, nothing has made me laugh so hard on Riverdale in quite a long time. I love how much you love it. It was so funny. I, I can't I, I can't explain why. It just was. I, I am very happy that we have advancement in that plot. I could care less what's going on with Veronica and Reggie, and I'm glad to see Tabitha and Betty working together. I think that's fun, and I really, we need to wrap up the serial killer plot. Yep. I would prefer to do that before the end of the season, and then we can move on to something else. Riverdale, you are at your best when you, if you're going 
going to put give us multiple like mystery plots, you can't leave them all to the end. Wrap them up midway. I cannot wait until Jughead comes back and Tabitha and Betty are best friends and they solved a murder together. And Jughead's going to be like, what? That was our thing. Also, I want to hook up with Tabitha. What's going on? It's going to be great. Yes, that will be great, I guess. Okay. He's going to be so upset. Yeah, sure. Who is the most normal person of this episode? This might be one of the hardest ones yet. I think it is Archie's uncle. Okay, sure. I, I was I was going to go Reggie, but sure. Like, that's fine, too. I think... Um, because I think Reggie, I will say, was at least maybe normal but dumb to be like, hey, we finally have a good thing going here. Let's somehow loop Hiram back into this where he can get mad at us. He doesn't know that this investment that he's selling is actually a good idea. Like, maybe Veronica's scamming people. He doesn't know. Whereas Archie's uncle, whose name I cannot recall at this moment. Mercenary Frank. Mercenary Frank, thank you. He saw that Archie and Eric were struggling. He was like, oh, maybe a pet will help. He did not go to beat up the dog fight guy. And he started an animal rescue. Nice. I feel like pretty fairly normal considering the circumstances. Yeah, sure. I, I just want it noted that someone who we mentioned in the past as being an, an ex-army mercenary is um now the most normal person. Oh, yeah. the tables have turned. That's Riverdale, baby! <laughs> and on that note, that's all for this week. <laughs> Thank you everyone for joining us. Please continue to reach out on social media, preferably the Kowski Cast Twitter channel or the post that we will post on Kowski Cast, uh, either one of those places, to let us know your thoughts and questions when you watch the episode. Even if they're late, we'll hit them the next week. Thank you so much for that. Make sure that you have rated and reviewed on iTunes. Is that what it's called? Rating and review? Yeah, re- please, yeah. please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Yes. We accept five-star reviews only. Um, We need the external validation, actually, because we're out here watching Riverdale every week and what do we get? No five-star reviews. Well, you know what? You're going to miss us when we're gone in October, so you better get those five-star reviews in while you still can. Yes, please do, because we're not joking. We need validation. Thank we you. need it. Be nice to us, please. Yeah. We'll be back next week for episode 14. Until then, you can follow me online at Frail Mary on every platform, and you can check out Kirsten at Kirsten Said What. Check out that BoJack Horse Pod. Hell yeah. Check out everything that Kirsten's doing over on RHAP. Like Like, uh, the Big Brother B&B. Like the F-Boy Island wrap-up. Like guesting on Bachelor in Paradise. Um, Oh, yes. That was a good one. talking about Big Brother whenever they'll allow me to. Yes. Fun times. Perfect. And check me out. Also those places, but mostly here, please. (laughs) Thanks. Okay, bye! Bye.